Science. I'm sure many of you have seen the Bioscience Laboratories building off of South 19th and Keiki Boulevard. But do you know what's going on inside the building? That has a fascinating story behind it and tremendous health research is performed there. To tell us more, owners Marsha and Dr. Daryl Paulson, as well as several staff members, will come to the studio to explain what they do and how you can participate. It's Gazoodtite with Jacobus, Saturday mornings at 8 on AM 1450 KMMS, where Montana talks. To Gesundheit with Jacobus, Health Talk Radio, integrating allopathic and all natural medicine one show at a time. Here is your host, Jacobus Hollowine. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. It is nice to be with you. And in spite of all the prognosis of rain, 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 it looks like we are having a beautiful sunny day out right now. Um, this is a program every sun Saturday morning. What am I saying? I this Saturday morning. From 8 to 11, and it's all about health, healing, and healthy lifestyles. We have the experts come in the studio, or we have them by phone, and we let them talk about their work, their passion, a book they've written, maybe research they're doing. And just want to let you know that as we talk about health, healing, and healthy lifestyles, the purpose of the show, it's all education, information, maybe a little bit of entertainment. It is not the purpose of the program to either diagnose treat or cure so please keep that in mind always recommend that you contact the guests after the program set up an appointment with them for to discuss your own uh, private issues or for somebody close to you and just get the answers you're looking for there is all otherwise there's great information available in the libraries over the internet uh, wonderful magazines that are out professional magazines there are research websites where uh, information is published so there is lots of information available if you are interested in learning more about your good health. So again, good morning. Welcome to the program. Gazuntite with Jacobus. We're on till 11 o'clock. Today's topic is bioscience laboratories. As the promo said, many of you have seen the building pretty much on South 19th, close to Kegi Boulevard. And what is going on over there? So we're going to have uh, uh, Dr. Daryl. Paulson and his wife Marsha in the first hour sitting with us, and we have several staff members joining us as well. Dr. Daryl Paulson, president and CEO of the company, has extensive experience in skincare research designs, clinical trials, and biostatistics. He is the author of the standard text of antimicrobial and disinfectant product testing. Dr. Paulson has designed the procedures used at bioscience laboratories for evaluation of skin care and cosmetic products as well as the statistical models used to assess the data these include factorial designs analysis of variance designs regression analysis exploratory data analysis and integrative and statistical design in both parametric and non-parametric methods so these are things that obviously I've never heard of, 
and I'm sure most of you have never heard of. So I think that Dr. Paulson probably invented these words. We're going to find out about that in just a moment. So in addition to authoring text, Dr. Paulson has published over 30 articles in several industry journals. Daryl, it's good to have you in the program. It's good to be here. Thank you very much. Yeah, you've been on the program five years ago, maybe? Yeah, talking about Vietnam. Vietnam, PTSD. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was, yeah. Uh, was a very impressive uh, program. Well, this time, you and I, we have talked, and I said, we got to talk about bioscience, and then time flies by, and, and finally, we are. finally we put the day down. So thank you for coming in. Marsha Paulson received her undergraduate degree from Vermont College in Montpellier, Vermont, and completed her Master of Business Administration degree at Norwich University in Northfield, Vermont. She has 25 years of previous banking experience and small business ownership. Her extensive experience in all facets of business operations facilitate the day-to-day -day workings of bioscience laboratories. She is also a member of the company's board of directors, and currently she is the senior vice president. Uh, Marsha, thanks for coming on the program. Thank you, Jacobus. Yeah. Thank you for having us. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Just to let you folks know, the exact address of Bioscience Labs is 1765, 1765 South 19th Avenue. They're open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., and the telephone number is 587 57 3-5-5-8-7-5-7-3-5. And for those of you who really want to do some research, I highly recommend check their website. You find tons of information there, how things work, etc., etc. It's biosciencelabs.com. Biosciencelabs.com. Wow. It's, uh, that was a mouthful, wasn't it? Just to get the show yeah. open. Yeah. My goodness. And we haven't even introduced everybody else who's coming. So... Um, what a story. I, I really appreciate, uh, Daryl, that you uh, invited me to come over to see Bioscience a few weeks ago or about a month or so ago. And I put on the lab code and I went with you through all the different rooms and you showed me so much what's going on over there. Tell the listeners a little bit about the history. How did all this come about for you? Okay. Well, let's go back uh, to our Vietnam time. When, when I came back from Vietnam... I was I was really bummed out everything you know I had done a lot of killing and I I wanted to put something back into the world and I th thought well gosh maybe in science it would do it huh. I worked at Skyland Scientific comp the, their company for 10 years I started there in 1981 and there I met somebody that did these trials, surgical scrubs, pre-op preps, healthcare mm -hmm. personnel. And so I did the statistics while, you know, he did the studies, but then I got interested and being a microbiologist, I also did the studies myself. Yeah. So I got very interested in that, but I, I worked in the, I worked in a lot of places, but I couldn't really find out what I wanted to do because when I started at Skyland, I thought, well, this is going to be great. But I just couldn't count plates. And I get it's really bored after a while. So I went to the, uh, the person that owned it. And he steered me over to another person. His name was Rod Marshall. 
Yeah. And Rod Marshall became my mentor, and it was really good because coming out of college, you know, you learn all this information, but it may not be helpful for the customers. Yes. And uh, for example, I would tell, I would say that uh, well, these products are 95 percent confidence that this one product is better than another. And he would say, well, what does that mean? And you just go around and around in circles. So I finally broke out of that predicament, and I told him, I, I started telling people, well, your product is good, your product is not good, and mm -hmm. things like that. So he was great. But he, uh, he essentially took me by my hand and walked me through the steps. I had a degree in business, but I thought, what a waste of time. But I later found out that was very good to have. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So then um, we he got he was the one that got me into Toastmasters to wind up speaking to people. Ah, okay. Yeah. And uh, the only thing he didn't do was teach me how to sell. And I had to learn how to sell. Uh, by starting underwater ventures with my wife, Marsha. Hmm. So I sold all sorts of scuba equipment, and that's how I learned how to sell. Huh. Yeah. What a, what a way he to start. He also taught scuba diving at the Bozeman Swim Center. Oh, is that right? For about seven years. No way. Yes. We had over 300 people that we taught how to scuba dive. Wow. And then the weekends, we go up to highlight and certify them. <laughs> 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 that was what we did. How know? deep is that lake? Oh, that, uh, oh it, you can go down. We were at 95 feet. No one. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's close to the dam. Yeah. You, you go, we're doing a, a deep dive. Yes. You go down that deep and it's black. Wow. Yeah, it's really black. But it went 95 feet and then went back up. I don't know if it's deeper in other spots, but it's, it's a deep lake. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. So you did that, and uh, you learned a little bit of business. And I tell you that, indeed, there are brilliant people, and I know that both of you have studied, and you, you get into what you like to do. Yeah. But then the business part, I see many people fail at business because they just don't understand how you know how to take care of the bottom line you, yeah. you cannot you cannot give everything away you're going to have to be smart when you buy when you sell uh, what you do how you run your employees etc etc right. because otherwise if there's nothing coming in uh eventually you're going to be out of business and that's sadly enough 70 percent of businesses are out of business within two or three years after they start when the money runs dry yeah yeah that's so but that's where i've got marcia she's very good <laughs> in business she's very good in it i thought i knew something about it but she is excellent at it yeah well i can tell you that we couldn't do what we do and have bioscience without our employees and we have an excellent staff and this is a shout out to all our employees that um you guys are amazing and we couldn't do what we do without without them. Yeah, because it is important that you 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 pass on that your own passion to and the vision that you have, the mission that you feel you are not feel, but that you know you're standing for, that that is passed on to the employees, so they yeah. show up at work and do exactly follow what you need to do. Now your work that you do currently at Bioscience 
I was just amazed how precise this is. And and when uh, when Amy is coming in later to talk to to listen to quality control and how all that works, the quality assurance. Uh, I was just totally amazed, like I said, when you explained yeah. to me how exact the temperatures and and the applications and uh, and the disinfecting and everything yeah. needs to be. It is it is almost it is a science. Yeah, well, a lot of our work goes. To, it, it has to be FDA approved, Food and Drug Administration approved, because we do work that's going to be approved for the marketplace. They use uh, like in the hospitals and. Uh, institutions like that, like healthcare personnel, hand washes, surgical scrubs, pre-op preps. What a healthcare, uh, what a healthcare personal um, product is, is when you go to a doctor's office, or if you've been on, uh, you've gone on a ship, or you go into a restroom, they always have an alcohol in there. Yeah. And this, and they, you put it on your hands, and the alcohol kills really fast. It kills very fast. As soon as it evaporates, there's nothing. It it won't kill anymore. Yeah, that's the healthcare personnel. Because what happens is when you like you're sick or coughing in your hand, you go shake hands with somebody, you just pass it to the next person. Right. Well, in a doctor's office it's even worse because doctors examine patients Mm -hmm. they would look at a patient and then they would pass on the germs or bacteria to another patient and Mm -hmm. it would keep going on yeah so what this with healthcare personnel hand washes do is they cut out that Mm -hmm. they cut it out yeah Surgical scrubs, what they are is when you a, a surgeon goes in to operate on a human, they use these products mm-hmm. and they wash their hands. And what these products do is they go much deeper. Like a healthcare personnel only takes off the organisms that you picked up. It doesn't take off any of the organisms that live on your skin. Oh, yeah, it wow. doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Interesting. But a surgical scrub does. Uh huh. And then uh, a surgical scrub has to last. Mm-hmm. So we like to test them six hours, three or six hours, or six hours after they've been used. Yeah. And a preoperative skin preparation. That's what. That's what happens, or what put on you before you have a surgical procedure. Mm-hmm. And it really cuts those bacteria down. So that's generally what we do. We do yeah. more than that, but mm-hmm. that's you know basically what we do. Mm-hmm. Now, let me go back, if I can, to how we started, okay? Please. And, and when I worked at Skyland for 10 years, that's where I really got my business experience. Then in 1991, I remember that I was fired, and I you, was. You remember that? Yeah, I remember <laughs> that because I was really going through turmoil because we they'd hire people and then they'd, they'd let them go, and oh. I and, and these people were really hurt. I remember all that. It was really painful, and then they they would take 
all the money and we're all go to New Jersey where we were owned. That's where the company that owned us. Yeah. And it was really a really painful thing. And the people that worked for me didn't make any money at all. And they didn't because they didn't travel. So they couldn't find any other jobs. Mm -hmm. So I got sort of upset. I started obsessing about it. And I didn't sell any more jobs. And I thought, well, maybe I better sell some more. Well, maybe I better not. They finally got rid of me. And man, that was like I was sitting on the Empire State Building and yeah. the, the floor went out. I, I remember it was just scarier than heck. You bet. Anyway, I went up to highlight and thinking about it. And I was sort of afraid to tell my wife. <laughs> I was really afraid to tell my wife and uh, then I, I thought what could I do you know and then it came to me I start a company called Bioscience Laboratories mm-hmm. and that's what I did mm-hmm. and in 1991 I started with $3,500 they gave me as a severance package oh wow and I remember we bought desks remember <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. And uh, there's a person at the medical arts pharmacy building, a Mike Gard, yes. that really helped me. Uh, he gave me his storeroom, and that's where bioscience began, down in the basement. I'll be darned. Yeah. 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 And then we took, you know, room after room of that, and yeah. then we moved to our present location. So, Marsha, were you at that point already getting involved or not? No, I I had a different business at the time, and when he got fired, I was really scared as well. It yeah. was a, it was a, it was a very. Uh, not good times. Not good times, no, right? I know. <laughs> um, and uh, at any rate, I uh, when he started the company, I was nervous about it, but. Um, by 1994, I sold my company. I owned Checkride in Bozeman. Oh, And yeah. um, I did that for 12 years. Yes. And um, at any rate, I sold Checkride in 1994 and um, was on a trip with um, Daryl's mother. And we'd gone to visit Norway and um, Sweden in that area. Scandinavia. Yeah, that yeah. was my treat to myself after yeah. I sold the business. Yeah. And, um Got back, and well, when I was there, Daryl called me, and he said, the FDA is here. I need you to come home and um, help oh, no. me with the FDA. So I got home, and I started working at Bioscience, and I've been there ever since. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It was it was very different. I, I thought I had everything. I thought I did everything. Now, the reason why I asked you, Daryl, is because uh, you, it, it's one thing, indeed, that you have the idea what you want to do. Yeah. But you start out in how did you start making contacts and how did you set up the plan? How did you set up the, like you said, the, the, you started in a storeroom and yeah. you had to use somebody's fax machine and all that stuff. How did you start to expand your vision into clients who wanted to use your your concept for their business? Well, what I did is I knew all the customers that I had already sold to. I see. And when Skyland got rid of me, they got rid of doing any of this work. Uh-huh. So that's what I did. And I told them I had a laboratory and all this stuff, but I didn't have anything but a storeroom. 
And then we got a surgical scrub sink later, but I didn't have a sterilizer or anything like that. And wow. that's an area that Marcia came in and was really helpful in because she had all this business, uh, this banking experience. Right, and right, she, right. She's really good at that. You bet. But I kept her away because I wanted this to be my company. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> but then... Here, here's the thing. Then you that, became smart. Well, you said, wait a second. Well, you were wise, but you weren't smart. Yeah. <laughs> when I started, I didn't know what quality assurance really was relative to my business. Mm-hmm. It had been at Skyland for ten, the 10 years I was there, but they never audited me or anything like that. So I thought, well, they didn't audit people like that did healthcare personnel, surgical scrubs, or anything like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I found out that I was wrong because the FDA there was one, two, there were four people that came in and they wanted to look at my records. Well, my records weren't complete. You know what? Okay, when Amy comes on, she'll tell us exactly how she does it. Yeah. But what I had done is I just, I had sent out a protocol. A protocol is something we use to determine how we do the work. Mm -hmm. What quality assurance does is make sure we did it. Yes. All right. Well, there's a lot more where this is coming from. I really appreciate it, folks. <laughs> you listen to Gesundheit with Jacobus. I am your host, Jacobus Holloway. The voice you've been hearing is Dr. Daryl Paulson and also his wife, Marsha Paulson, are here. They're both here from Bioscience Laboratories, the building on the corner of um, pretty much Kegi Boulevard and uh, South 19th Avenue. Uh, we we hope you stay with us because we're going to move into all the people who work there, several of the people who work there, and more details about how these, how the recruitment works, what quality assurance is, how the testing works, etc. So I appreciate you with us. We will be right back. We just uh, we were, we finished out this last half hour, kind of talk about how you got started, and um, you got you got going, and Marsha had to come back from Scandinavia because the FDA was at your doorstep. Right. Well. <laughs> Yeah, let me finish what happened there. I never really understood quality assurance, and I never really had it. And the FDA came in, and it just scared the heck out of me. Yeah. And they wanted to see the records I had for a study. Well, I didn't really have any records. Yeah, and what the FDA wants to do is they want to see what we did point by point. That's from making the media, make sure that the incubators we used for the sterilization were really functioning adequately. Yes. They wanted to make sure that all the fluids and things that we use in the testing were made specifically for the tests that we conducted. Right. They wanted to make sure that everything was sterilized. There was no out-of-date um, things for any of our equipment. And uh, they want to see how the study was done, and they want to see who was, produce- who was doing the study. Yes. They want to see the training records, everything like that. 
and I didn't have them. Mm-hmm. So they stayed, I think it was for two weeks. It was actually six weeks. Six, six weeks? weeks? Oh, man. <laughs> Felt like two. It was two. a long well, time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so well, is it? did you have to do something special to the walls? Uh, uh, did you have to have a certain material? Uh, at the end, I just said, yes, 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 you know, because I thought, man, I'm in big trouble. Yes. Well, they published it on the web on their website that you know we had. I got how many forty threes did I get? I think there were thirty four. Because I I just blanked them out, and everybody I knew was calling me and saying, "Daryl, what did you do?" <laughs> and then I was just you know I was just so embarrassed. Well, the sales stopped. No, nothing was coming in, and that's when we. I think that Vietnam really helped me to get through. It helped me before because I, I I figured I could do it. But then when the FDA came, I, I just was really, really in a pinch. And uh, Marcia was helpful then because she could figure out all these records and things like that and explain it to the FDA. I see. Yeah. And then we hired... Um a quality assurance person mm-hmm. that um, had worked with Daryl um, in the past. And then we even ended up hiring a Malcolm Baldrich examiner, which Malcolm Baldrich is a um, engineering um, to make sure that the quality is, is precise. Yes. And um, there's a few Malcolm, precise and consistent, right. And say. consistent, right. Yeah. Because you, in a study, you have to make sure that what you're doing is um, repeatable. That is one thing that I saw yeah. in your notes that keeps coming back, the whole repeatable, so that yeah. if it works once, it has to work all the time. It, it, right. have, it has to do, it has to be in the same parameters or has to be, it has to be less than the highest and higher than the lowest parameter. It has to be within a range. And that's pretty exact. That's pretty, uh, is that a a minimal difference between the high and the low? Well, it all depends what we're talking about. If it's a temperature gauge, it could be two degrees, plus or minus two degrees. Okay. Uh, Things like that. They're all specific for the instrument that is involved so this is not about how it is used in practicality. When you talk about consistency, you're talking about if you do the test today and you, were, you again, in your bioscience laboratories would do the same test next week, Monday, that, that has to be the same. Or do you say yeah. the way we test it, if it is used by doctors in a surgery or in an operation room, right. it has to work exactly the same way. Which way are you talking about consistency? Both ways. Both ways. Both okay. ways, yeah. In a scientific test, you want to reduce the variables. So right. you want to have everything be as precise as it can be so that you have fewer variables. Mm-hmm. Because there's there's natural variables. There's people's skin is different. Um, their ages. Their ages are different. The... Um, you hope that your employees, if you have one employee, that each of your employees are doing it the same every time. Correct. Although there's there's the human factor. Yeah, there's, so well, there's, there's going to there's there's be a difference. Yeah, and and that's normal. Wow. And they're always they're always averaged into a thing called air. It's an, it's a term in statistics. It's mm-hmm. the standard air. You mean standard air, like what we breathe? 
No, no standard no. error. Error. E-R-R-O-R. Oh, error. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I knew you guys. Close were, I knew you guys were not on the wrong track. <laughs> and you don't want that so large that you can't detect any variables. So you yeah. you got to find out what the variables are. Uh-huh. But anyway, um, yeah, it, we we have to be precise all the time. Uh, we also have to make sure our testing is done the same way each time. We always use a control product when we do our studies. The control product tells us how much variability was there in this study versus the other study using that same product. Right. Yeah. So Daryl talked about having a protocol earlier. Right. I think in the last half hour. And the protocol is like a recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, this is that's a common term. The protocol lines out everything that you do for the study. A to Z. A to Z. Mm-hmm. And it includes the kitchen sink if a kitchen sink is used. So mm-hmm. um, that I call it a recipe because that's an easy way to, for me to remember sure. and to be able to explain it to anybody on the street. Yes. That um, that's why the, the protocol is so important is because it, if you don't follow the recipe, then you won't come up with the same um, information each time. Uh-huh. And that recipe is hard to follow when you have <clears throat> 100, maybe 150 people coming in in a clinical lab to have the same tests done. But it's randomized. It means if you put it on the left side of them or the right side of them, it's randomized. It's you, they don't they don't know which which product is on which oh, side. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So sometimes there are mistakes made, and quality assurance is the group that finds out where we made the mistakes. I see. <clears throat> the five two two eight two five 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 two two talk is the number five two two eight two five five or text us at two six six seven six one seven. 266-7617, Daryl Paulson and his wife, Marsha Paulson, are here from Bioscience Laboratories. If you have any questions or comments, please join the conversation. Uh, starting at 9 o'clock, we're going to have several of the supervisors at Bioscience coming in as well, and they're going to explain different uh, departments and how they work and what the specialties are. So uh, please stay all the way tuned till 11 o'clock if you want to know about this amazing local company that has little been started locally and has been around how long has been around now 30 years then almost almost <clears throat> 27 28 yeah. 27 27 28 that's awesome yeah it really is i was going to ask you um there is i think you mentioned to me when i came visit you that there is one more bioscience laboratories in the country is that are you the only one or is there need another one there's another laboratory in the country and we compete with them but we don't really compete what we have to do is like if we do the first study it's called a pivotal okay a pivotal then another laboratory does a confirmatory because ah. the fda wants to make sure that both sites get the same answers okay <clears throat> and and you so when when so this is really a field 
that once you invest, I mean, time, I, I, time, yeah. energy, concentration, uh, guts, I mean, there's a lot necessary to do something like this. Uh, there are just no other people who have said, this is what we really want to do. This is our passion. For you, it has really been a passion. You love this stuff. Yeah. It, and, it, and so that's why there is no other lab in this in this country. Well, yeah, I, I think it's because of the work. I, I think that when I was when I when I when I was fired at Skyland, what I was doing was I was using I was testing drugs that you take and using them on humans. Yes. And anyway, I couldn't afford the insurance, so we stepped down and we started doing what we do now. Ah. But I, th there are other laboratories that do some of the studies we do. What I was talking about with only two, it's the clinical laboratory. The okay. cosmetic laboratories, they do, well, they do quite a few studies. But let me, let me tell you how our labs, okay? Yes. Okay. We have a clinical laboratory, and that's where we use human subjects. Okay. So humans come in, and when they come in, we have a person here Shauna that will tell you or tell them how they they can get recruited and we have to make sure they don't have any medical anomalies wrong that could interfere and then they get really sick so we we're always looking for healthy human subjects yes. to participate in these um, clinical trials yeah okay all right yeah. So clinical is with humans. Yeah. Yes. And then we have an in vitro laboratory. Uh -huh. And in, and in vitro, it means in within glass. Okay. So what we use in this laboratory are the very dangerous microorganisms that we cannot use on people. They huh. can't. They can't come in contact with them because they're the ones we're we're trying to control right and they're they and they do time kills they do mic's or minimum inhibitory concentrations and what that means is they make it they dilute it they dilute the product down and down and down and they find the level where that it, it quits killing and mm -hmm. they can tell then yes and we have a cosmetic laboratory, okay. and that's the area we're really trying to build up because we find at Montana you have dry skin mostly the year-round. Yeah, that's true. And what this does is it makes it very, very easy for customers, or I should say manufacturers. Manufacturers, or, yeah. Okay. yeah to come and evaluate their products. Huh. Because when you take a bath or something like that, you have you use soaps and soaps really take away the oils of off your skin. Yeah. So what they wind up doing is putting a moisturizer on your skin to keep your uh, moisture in. Yes. And that's what we're doing at Bioscience. And we have lots of tests on with, with these uh, with these products. Mm -hmm. We also have virology. 
Now, virology uses viruses, and viruses are different than bacteria because they cannot reproduce by themselves. Okay. Yeah. They have to get in to a cell, and they secrete their DNA or into the cell, the, 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 back, the, the human cell, and the human cell makes more viruses. Okay. Now, so the in vitro lab that you were talking about, would those be bacteria then? When those you are bacteria. Okay. Sometimes fungi. Okay. But not viruses. No. Okay. Viruses, what you In have... human cell. Yeah. What you have to do is you have to grow a cell line. And then you put viruses on the cell line so they can reproduce. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And so, yeah, that is really... Uh, yeah. Oh, powerful stuff. And then we have a biofilms laboratory. Okay. Now... I suppose that many people have gone across a little creek in the summer. Sure. And they've seen how slippery the rocks are. Mm-hmm. And what makes it so slippery are biofilms. And biofilms are just a matrix of these microorganisms. And, uh, and they're, they're really hard to kill, and they attack things like if you had a new hip joint or a knee joint or something that put in. Yeah. So they can be very, very dangerous, and they, they just last forever. So we have a biofilms group. Well, why do you say they could be dangerous? Oh, because you, it's very hard to kill them you, oh. with antibiotics. It's very difficult. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. Right. And then we have a materials testing laboratory. Materials testing, okay. And what we do there is, like, for example, uh, we can test the strength of bandages and things like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And then we have an in, a disinfectant laboratory, disinfectant la- heart service disinfectant laboratory. Mm-hmm. And there we evaluate products that are used. Uh, I want to come back to the bandages, for example. Oh, your bandages. Okay. So, do you have uh, two people pulling on one, or do you have no, uh, no. <laughs> are these stretch machines? No. Or? There, there's a machine that does it, it <laughs> and we use a certain number of them because remember, there's variability in each one. You can't just take one uh, bandage and try to pull it apart, and let's say it breaks. You have to do maybe three to five uh, samples. You take the average. Okay. Because it, everything is a little different. But when you put a bandage on something, uh, I would say you wrap it up. It shouldn't have to be so tight that it breaks, right? I mean, right. It is, uh, so right. it's interesting that that has to be tested. You that's, figure if it wraps around, it wraps around. Yeah, but that's that's one. That's only one test. There's all sorts of tests you have to do to make you know, make sure those things last. So, do you work in a case like this with uh, specific companies that keep coming back to you and say? Uh, we got a new product. You want to test this for us, or oh. do you actually get contacted by competing companies who asked you for your uh, yeah. you know. yes and yes, yeah. yes and yes? Wow, yeah, yeah we use that we, makes it interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, we don't do any business in this state. It's all that outside. That is so interesting, very, too. You even very go to- little do we do. I mean, we do. We actually have been working with the Center for um, oh, Biofilm yeah. Engineering at MSU. Okay. And um, we, we work with them a little bit. And um, MSU has some other um, uh, departments that from time to time will place studies with us because they're checking out their what they've come up with, they want to make sure that what they're doing is in line with the industry. So yeah. Yeah. we do uh. we do a little bit of work with MSU. Yes, but but not much. So we do everything outside of the state. Huh. But everything that comes in, all the money and everything, is is spent right here in Bozeman. Huh. Yeah. That's powerful too, and you go even internationally, right? Yes, we go yes. international. Yeah. We go Canada, oh, yeah. we, uh, Australia. Um, where else do we go? Actually, a- Amy just chimed in that we do have two other small companies that have just started up in Bozeman that um, were MSU offshoots that have done oh, some right. work with us. Right, and um, so I, I don't want to discount. Those two sure. new companies sure. that are great. that are going to uh, be yeah. around, and we hope for a long time. Yeah, that's great. You, <laughs> you can we can hear you. It's <laughs> <laughs> not your time yet, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the last lab you started talking about is the disinfection lab. The disinfected disinfection laboratory. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hard surface. So oh, okay. whenever you're at a restaurant or you're at a hospital or um, you and they have to have they have to clean their floors or their ceilings or yeah. their walls or um, or uh, the tables. Or, yeah, or tables or equipment. That's where this lab comes in. So even when you go, let's say, at Montana State University, they wax the floors, they do all that stuff that could have certain toxins in it. Is it more about? Is it going to stay on the floor, or is it going to stay on the hard surface, or is it what are the uh, the off gassing? No, what's going? Can it be toxic to people? What we test are like if if you put it on a table, there's always an antimicrobial in it. Yes. that's the part that we evaluate. Okay. how much it kills. Okay. Oh, so is it indeed a disinfect disinfecting right. product? A hundred percent. Do you find that there are companies who you've worked with that always have just already an excellent product and you're just confirming it? Or do you find that with everybody you deal with, there's always stuff that may have to be sent back and say it's not working? Uh, Well, the way that it works is there's a lot of companies out there competing against each other. Yeah. So what they're always trying to do is make a product that, kills better than others yes or it's more mild than others they're trying to find their competitive niche yeah and we do a lot of tests like one company will send us their product and they'll send us like multiple other products so they can just get an idea of where their product stands a lot of companies make a new product but they don't know how much of the active, and active is the, 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 the ingredient that kills. You bet. Yeah. And they might make it a 0. 0.2, 0. 0.4, 0. 0.6, and they, and they also tell us, well, let's use this much. Let's use one uh, 0.2 mils, mil, 
leaders and up and up and up so they can find the the best product at the best level of kill. So they don't ask you to do that for them. This is what they have already put together. And then they say, we have done the testing on what we think is the best product. Now we want you to confirm it? No. What they do is we are used in in their development. We don't make any of their products. Right, exactly. Yeah. But they they make the product and then they want you to confirm that what they produce yes. is yeah. indeed yes. working. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, there's a lot to talk about. There's a few more points that I know you want to bring up. We'll bring it up during the show. The two of you are going to stay here <laughs> with us in the studio, but we're going to bring in, uh, I think, Shauna Durney and uh, Britt Caparut are coming in yep. in the next hour to explain what they're doing. So hopefully uh, Shauna is the supervisor of subject recruitments and Britt is the marketing manager. So we hope you stay with us all the way to 11 o'clock because these are just fun people. You really want to hear them speak and uh, you learn a lot. So we're going to be right back. We're going to slowly but surely introduce some of the other supervisors who work at Bioscience Laboratories. Uh, Dr. Paulson will do that in, in just a moment. When um, uh, Just want to let you know that if, if, you wanna, if you have participated in studies or you're really thinking about doing something like this, this hour is going to be very, very helpful because there is, uh, there is a lot to know. And uh, the, the Paulsons were explaining to us how the lab works and some of the laboratories that are inside the bioscience laboratory. And so we understand now more about how that works and what the history is. But now we're going to get more to the nitty-gritty daily activities that are happening inside the walls. So uh, pay attention, take notes, and uh, f- know how to get a hold of these folks. The telephone number over at Bioscience Laboratories is 587 587- Five seven three five five eight seven five seven three five, and they're located right there at seventeen sixty five South Nineteenth Avenue. Bioscience Laboratories. You can find them on the web if you want to read more about how it works, uh, all the details you need to know, and getting to know some of the staff members. By all means, go to their website, BioscienceLabs.com. Bioscience Labs. Dot com And it's a wonderful website, very clear, and good, good, good information. I really enjoyed looking at it last night. So, uh, Daryl, good morning again, and thanks for being here, and Marsha, and uh, I understand you want to kind of introduce your staff a little bit here. Yeah, I, I think we want to come down from the 5,000-foot level of me and Marsha to write, <laughs> write the daily level of what we do at Bioscience. And I'd like to, we, what we did is we brought four people with us, and subject recruitment is Shauna, our marketing manager is Brett, our quality assurance manager is Amy, and Chelsea is a manager of three laboratories. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> yes. But we, they're very good people. They're very good. You'll find out. Yes. Well, when I came in and uh, to the lab and just to walk around with you, I met Shauna. 
So, uh, Shauna, good morning to you. Shauna Durney. Good morning, Jacobus. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> now, there was so right away you had me engaged uh, in the building. You were showing me uh, where people sit and fill out the paperwork. And so, run us a little bit through this how this process works, please. Uh, so I am kind of the, uh, with subject recruitment, we're the first people that people come in and see. Uh, you'll walk into the door, you'll see the waiting room. We usually have studies posted on the board that you can peruse. Gives you the, um, how much it's paying, different qualification criteria. Uh, and there's always a recruiter. Well, we try to make sure a recruiter is always available to answer any questions you might have. Um, but then we'll have you read through a study description packet, gives you a little more detail on what you uh, might be signing up to participate in. But the recruiter is the one that once you think you understand what's going on and you uh, want to sign up and participate, we'll pull you back into a one-on-one -on -one meeting. Um, we'll ask you questions to make sure you qualify and you do know what you're signing up for. And then uh, you can ask us any questions you have about the study. Yeah. We'll get you scheduled for your test time, give you everything you need to succeed. Right. So people, do people walk in and look at the board and see uh, what is available for them to be tested and say, uh, that sounds really interesting? Or how does it work? Do they, do they knock on your door and say, what's going on right now? You know, it, it's a little bit of everything. Um, we get new participants in all the time that uh, are, are essentially flying blind. So we know how to walk you through the process. Um, and we have participants that have been with us for decades at this point. Really? Know what's going on. They know the routine. They still sit down. They'll read through that particular study packet. Um, we do, you know, multiple hand washes, multiple pre-op studies like they've been talking mm -hmm. about. Um, but each one's just a little bit different. So there's always something new to read in the packet and um, more information to have. But, uh, yeah, people come in. They'll say they're interested, they'll read through that packet and then come back, we'll review um, kind of your medical history, any medications you're taking, uh, medical conditions, allergies, allergic reactions. We do want to make sure that it's safe for you to participate. And so we kind of help with that pre-screening process. Right, yeah, so you have to be healthy. Yes. Whatever that means, that's a, that's a pretty big, now talking about parameters, that's a pretty big parameter. Yeah, good Good general health is the yeah, uh, large blanket term that we use there. Yeah. So you don't take anybody who has medications or you just say they can have medications, but it depends what kind based on that specific study. Right, right. I mean, if you're taking birth control or a high blood pressure medication, it very seldom interacts with the products that we do because okay. most of the products that we test in clinical testing are topical products. It's things like lotions, antiseptics, um, things of that nature. So more, um, like I said, high blood pressure, high cholesterol medications are totally fine. Uh, unfortunately, things like medicated diabetes or um, having skin conditions like psoriasis or eczema or different things like that would disqualify you from our studies because we're testing things on the skin. Right, okay. Yeah, and, and let me just mention some things. that In the protocol, there's always, uh, there's always things that a, that a uh, customer of ours puts in. They, like they cannot have A, they cannot have B, they cannot have C. And that's a lot which Shauna has to go through. And we're not doctors, so we rely on the medical people. There's, we have two doctors that help us on that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So they're also on staff? They're, no. No, not on staff. They okay. work at the hospital, yeah. Okay. Huh. 
So that means people will have to go to the hospital and have no. that pre-checked? Or no, what? You, you just call them at Dr. Benda and Dr. McLaughlin. Yeah. Right. We, um, so the, let me preclude all of this by saying my degree is actually in music education. I have very little science background. Close enough. Um, <laughs> but you're so very good at it. I'm, I'm really, um, my strength I like to think about is that I help make sure that I'm explaining it on a layman's perspective. Okay. I can take the the science side of it and we look at the informed consent form and what we're presenting to the subjects and we can break that down into, okay, do you actually understand what's going on? They don't need the nitty gritty of, okay, the temperature needs to be, you know, the water needs to be at this temperature and the um, we're having an environmentally controlled room at this humidity and this temperature. The, the uh, participants don't need that sort of information, but they do need the information of um, this is what you're going to be doing. You're going to be going to the sink. You'll wash your hands for this long. You'll dry with a paper towel. Then you know, and walk them through that process. Right, so it's right, right. Uh, it's an interesting perspective to be able to come in without that science background and know what the nitty gritty is that's pertinent. Okay. Um, so I help with that, but uh, all of my pre-screening stuff is just things that are submitted to me from uh, either the sponsors or the principal investigator. I just help follow those guidelines, and then I also get it reviewed by the doctors. So okay. once we get everyone signed up, we also submit it to, um, like uh, Dr. Paulson said, um, the consulting physicians, Dr. McLaughlin and Dr. Benda, they review all of the info for us. We also have the principal investigator sign off, and that's before anyone's even allowed in the lab. Really? So everybody who participates in the study will have to go through the, these doctors' approval, so to say? Right. Wow. Even if you have no medications, no medical conditions, no allergies, a, a completely clean medical record, we're still going to have your information reviewed so that it it's just in that pile we have everyone look at all of the information to make sure we're being as safe as possible so you're talking about medications do people also have to tell you if they're taking dietary supplements for example oh yeah we take the laundry list i have uh i mean i've had people come in and just say okay i take a multivitamin vitamin d vitamin b3 fish oil uh omega-3 um hair and nail supplements and i'm like yeah. okay we'll just list it all okay because, I mean, better safe than sorry. If we notice something happening and there is a trend, we need all of the information to draw those conclusions. And at the do end. the medical doctors understand the dietary supplement side of things? Uh, that's exactly I, I, I mean, I don't so, know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm <laughs> just saying that it's not their, not their specialty. I, I think to a degree, but they, I, like Shauna said, they just want to have it down. Uh, I, I take a lot of vitamins, and I don't really think any doctors know that much about it because they never were given instruction in well, it. Well, exactly. Yeah. So it is, it, is, it is just that there, is a, uh, there are supervisors that help you as a medical doctor to make sure that whatever is going on, that they were aware of the basic information that they needed. Right. right. Yeah, okay, good. Okay, makes sense. I'm just saying. Yeah. So what if people have... People come in and they're working on a lotion and they happen to have an attack from hives or shingles or uh, psoriasis. Uh, are they excluded then from the study if they already have some kind of a skin condition? Or does it have to be a skin condition in the area where you are going to test? Uh, that's actually dependent on which study you're signing up for. So okay. it's dependent on the sponsor and study requirements at that point. 
um, which is what I help review. It's dependent on the study you're trying to sign up for. We'll go over that particular packet of information. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've had uh, multiple times over my time at bioscience where a subject's in my office, we get partway through the packet, realize, okay, well, this one doesn't work for you. You don't qualify for this one. Let's look at the other studies. Let's look at the other options mm -hmm. and we'll try to find what works for you, um, mm -hmm. your schedule and your uh, qualifications. I see. Wow. That's really good stuff. Yeah, yeah it is. I mean, well, I, I've seen you. Go ahead, Marsha. Part of, part of what we're doing is, is um, <coughs> the FDA requires that the products are safe and that they actually are effective. Mm -hmm. So if, if we're checking for moisturization, we have to make sure that it does that. It, mm -hmm. And if if we're making sure that it's non-irritating, then that is part of the safety protocol. So yeah. it's safe and effective. Those are the things that we're looking for. Yeah. Right. And and we don't want anybody <clears throat> to get anything uh, at, at bioscience, any uh, aggravation or anything. That's why subject recruitment is so careful huh. in so in making sure that our subjects are healthy. To undergo our test but also because if there was to be an <coughs> allergic reaction mm -hmm. you know that the basics were covered the bases were covered and that you started with a healthy person right so, okay right so right. what if uh let's say you have a hundred is it usually that you're trying to have about a hundred participants per product that you're uh, testing that's also um study specific uh oh. we've had I just filled a hand wash that we need three people to finish. Um, we also just finished signing for a back patch study where we're trying to start 120 people to get 100 to finish. So, oh. um, And that one's a six-week study. Uh, we have studies that go over a long course of time, some that are a single test day. Um, so it really just depends. Hmm. What is usually a percentage, just simply a percentage where something, okay, let me say it this way. How do you know that the product fails? Is it because people have side effects when they're using something? Or is it that, how, how do you know if a product is not doing what it is supposed to do? Well, I mean, is that part of your work to kind of find, I mean, usually the company has already figured out well, what they want. They just want to make sure that you test it so that it can be FDA approved. Yeah. Well, usually, like let's take a case of a preoperative skin prep. And that's an FDA-type drug. Mm -hmm. And what the subjects do is they come in, they use, the, they use a test product. That's the product that's under investigation. They use a control product, and that's the one that is, being, is the standard of the industry for that particular okay. application. Okay. <clears throat> and then they use a product without any of the actives in it. Oh, okay. Okay? Kind of a placebo. Yeah. But what we do then is we evaluate it statistically. I do a non-inferiority test, make sure that the product is non-inferior uh, to the control, and then I do a superiority test to make sure the product is superior okay. to the control to the product. Okay. And that's that's what we have to do now under the FDA regulations. But they're always different. For example, uh, health uh, when we go into the uh, 
the cosmetic laboratory, yeah. we might evaluate something as, as dryness, and we get scores. But it, you can't really evaluate a product by itself. We have to evaluate it to something we know, and that's the control product. Yeah. Yes. The um, When you have people come in on a regular basis, uh, Shauna, how many studies can they participate in at the same time? That's a great question. You can only be enrolled in one study at a time. Um, so what we do when we sign subjects up for studies is we'll... Um, we have what we call the guaranteed spots where you're on the schedule, you are scheduled to go into the lab, um, but we also sign up alternates because every one of our participants is a volunteer. Uh, schedule conflicts come up, um, different qualification things like uh, for a hand wash study, anything as small as a hangnail or a paper cut is usually going to be a disqualifier on those really? studies. Yes, your skin needs to be completely intact because especially for a lot of our hand wash studies, we are exposing you to a bacteria. Huh. Um, so it's just an added safety concern. So we do sign up alternates and backups for those positions as well. Um, so even as a backup, you can only be in one study at a time. Mm -hmm. But in order to kind of encourage that and to um, show our appreciation for our subjects and for their time, we also compensate our backups. So just showing up, being on time, in testable condition, even if we end up not needing you in the lab, you'll still get $25 just for showing up and being on time. Wow. Wow. It's good pay. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Gesundheit with Jacobus. Uh, we have the staff, several of the staff members, supervisors and directors of Bioscience laboratories located on south 19th on the corner of south 19th and keggy boulevard and uh, they have done it for like they said 27 almost 28 years starting in the medical arts building basement closet uh back uh, about 27 28 years ago and now in a top of the line uh, top of the uh, the heap i would say laboratory i had a chance to go in and Dr. Paulson took me around and uh, put the lab coat on. That was kind of a different experience. I really felt like I was a pro just walking around. You just were. That, that really, <laughs> yeah. I tried to ask uh, smart questions. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but uh, my goodness, it is really impressive to walk around and to see all the detail. And then when you hear your story that you started in a closet, down below in the medical arts building for you to see this whole dream come true to have a building like you have where literally every detail is being processed and has been worked on and all the equipment that you have it's it's uh, it's beautiful to watch yeah it really is because <clears throat> when i started i had to do everything yes now i just basically don't do anything yeah you show up <laughs> that's not true <laughs> <laughs> but if he says that then you know that he was doing a lot when he got started that is true wow it's uh uh the the uh, part of the things is um the risk factor so people want to want to join uh, shauna they do people have to be afraid that the skin is going to fall off or uh, <laughs> that something is going to grow and a little alien is coming out or something? No, 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 no. Um, so all of our studies are very safe. They're reviewed by the principal investigator who's the single person in charge of the entire study. 
um, the consulting physicians look at it, um, as well as an independent uh, institutional review board. We work with the Gallatin Institutional Review Board in particular, yeah. um, and they review the studies for specifically for subject safety. Uh, all of our studies are little to no risk, um, and our entire staff is also trained on good laboratory practices and good clinical practices. Okay, okay. Now, you're doing the recruitment. How many people do recruitment? It kind of depends how many people are going to show up on a Monday, or how does it work? Do people show up on a Monday, or could it be a Thursday uh, or Friday? What What is it? I mean, to, to, to sign up for a study. Yeah, so we're actually open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can uh, We take walk-ins all day. Uh, your very first visit can take up to 30 minutes, so you definitely want to plan accordingly. Uh, when we do open a new study, we do tend to get a rush in the waiting room, so the wait can uh, definitely move up because we are taking people back one by one for those one-on-one -on -one sessions. Right. Uh, but if you're on a time crunch trying to fit a visit in on your lunch break or something like that, you can also set up appointments on our website. Okay. Um, and that's at the biosciencelabs.com slash participate page. Mm -hmm. The... Um I know when, uh, Daryl, you were telling me that you qu have quite a few students from MSU who are participating in studies, um, but now when it's summertime, there is not that many students, and sometimes you run out of participants, or not run out of them, but you have less participants. <laughs> so it is always nice to have people from the community just uh, make a little extra cash and uh, participate in the study. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because this, this can really provide you extra income. It really can. But I don't really I don't really know that much about subject recruitment anymore at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just know so they maybe, come. Maybe you told I, me that. I know they know. come in, and as long as they get enough people, I'm happy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll, um, we do a lot of, uh, well, I work personally with the, manager of the clinical and in vitro laboratories to make sure that our schedules um, are flexible enough that we can k try to work around people's schedules. It's a little tough, you know, when we're trying to fit um, two groups of a hand wash that takes five hours in the lab. So, you know, it's yes. a little yes. harder with that. But um, other studies like the back patch study, I had test times running from eight in the morning until seven in the evening, just all day long, mm -hmm. 10 minutes apart. So yes. we, we do our best to work with uh, people's schedules. Um, I would say that as far as the earning extra income, it's not enough to, you know, pay your car bill every month or anything like that, but it's definitely a nice supplement. It sure. uh, helps get you over the hump a little bit. What is the maximum people have been paid for a study? For a single study? Sure. Uh, well, I've only been there about a year and a half myself, but the largest study that I have personally seen was a $750 backpack study. And how long did that one take? Uh, oh, goodness. I think that one was about a four to six week study um, as well. That's a car payment. Yeah, yeah. That, I don't know what you're driving, but that's <laughs> a 21 days straight. That was there was no breaks in that one. Wow. Yeah, it was a 21 day every single day for five to ten minutes each wow. visit. But I'd like to say again that there's no products we just evaluate. We just can put on your skin. It has to go through the IRB, and the IRB does check mm -hmm. the manufacturers labeling instructions. We it, have to go to a break. We'll be right back.
Good morning, caller. Thanks for joining us today. What's your name? How can we help you, please? Hi, it's Carol Jacobus. How hey, are Carol. You? Good morning to you. I'm doing good well. Great. So I have a quick question for your guests. Um, how, what percentage of their business is testing natural products? Oh, hold on. Sorry, I forgot to turn the microphone on. I need the microphone. Uh, we like to test natural products. We test some, but since there's no, I don't think there's any requirements for testing them, that most people don't test them. Well, I think that you'd find that um, a misconception. I'm an expert in natural product marketing, and I think that you guys are missing an entirely huge growing business segment by not going after the natural Product so, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's something that you should be really looking at, and I'd be happy to talk to your marketing guy about it off air. Yeah, that'd be good because she'll be on here in just a couple minutes. Yeah. yeah what's her name? Because I have to walk into a meeting. So. Her name is Britt. Britt Caparud. All right, I will call Britt on Monday. Good. Terrific. I'll, you, I'll Thank tell you. you what. If you call the number, Carol. Uh, five eight seven five seven three five. Ask for extension one thirty seven. One thirty seven. Yeah, but you still didn't answer my question. What percentage oh. of your current business is natural? Oh, it's, it's it's very small because most people don't test them. If more people would want to test them and can pay for it, we love that. We'd love to test. It's a thirty five billion dollar industry. I just don't think they exist. And again, I'll call Britt on Monday and just. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great if you would. It'd be just super. Thanks, right, Carol. Have a great, thanks, Jacobus. It's a great show as always. I appreciate it. Thank you for your support. Bye bye. Bye bye. It's interesting. It is indeed a huge industry, but mm -hmm. it is like you say. It is. Uh, uh, people always say it's not regulated by the FDA, but that's not completely true. Obviously, the FDA is keeping a finger on the pulse with what's going on in the industry. It is mm -hmm. just that because of the the Shea. Act that was enacted in 1994, the FDA pretty much says we can grandfather a lot of products in because they've been around for a long time. So we're not going to stop you now and do all the testing. But at the same time, the way it works is worse there to be a negative experience from using a product, then the, the consumer can contact the FDA and say, we have a problem. The FDA will then take that product off the shelves the testing will be done by the FDA before it can be put back on the shelf if it is if it is deemed safe. So that is kind of how it is right now where most other products that are, let's call it pharmaceutical products, have to be tested first before they're brought on the market. Now, practically speaking, we do know that many products put up by the pharmaceutical companies are really tested by the consumer uh, unknowing, un unbeknownst to them. And then 10 years later, we find all the side effects that are uh, discovered. So right. either way. But it is very interesting. Good call. So let me introduce you to our marketing uh, manager, uh, Britt Caparut. Uh, she, joined, she joined the Bioscience Lab team in early 2015 after graduating from MSU with a Bachelor's of Science in Management as well as a Bachelor's of Science in Marketing. She started out in marketing support and worked her way up to become Bioscience Laboratories Marketing Manager, born and raised in Montana. Woohoo! She enjoys all what Montana has to offer. Good morning, Britt. Good morning, Jacobus. Thanks for doing 
really a lot of work for me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your help. It helped us prepare a little bit better. Yeah, that's good. I, I can tell that everybody uh, kind of sent you their notes, what they wanted to talk about. It's, uh, it's kind of neat. Yeah, someone has to be the central point of contact yeah, here perfect. to get everything together. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So marketing, what, what, is, uh, what do you need to do in the marketing department? Because obviously you worked in it, now you're running that department. Uh, what what are you looking for? How do you market yourself in, especially since you need, you like to use many people who live in this area, but at the same time, you're working with companies that are outside the state. So how do you focus on that? Uh, so for the most part, um, we have two different sides. We have a marketing of our services and then local advertising. Okay. Um, so on a local level, you can see us on... Uh, in many different places. We really like to be involved in the community doing different events. We work with MSU a lot. Uh, we're at tailgates, we're at basketball games. We do the Catapalooza every year. Yeah. Um, so we really try to be out in the community to get those local um, participants. So when we do have a uh, school out that we still have a, a participant group that we can call on for the hundred dollar or the hundred person back patch so right 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 so you are you're focusing on that now the 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 call was interesting from uh, carol about natural products do you go out and you market yourself also to companies that you haven't contacted said hey did you know that we do this kind of work would you be interested yeah so absolutely we um do a lot of digital marketing like daryl said earlier we have a lot of customers that are you know worldwide they're not just here in montana and or the u.s so yes exactly to reach those kind of customers we do um, digital marketing social media marketing we do a lot of targeted campaigns um we do uh blogging well give us an idea about targeted campaigns what do you mean by that um so just like recently uh we have a campaign for moisturization studies so products that uh, companies want to put a marketing claim that it moisturizes your skin. So we do to the companies that we have in our system who focus and produce products specifically for that, we send the campaign to them. So email, LinkedIn, um, Daryl writes uh, white papers and a bunch of articles for us. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so we try to hit them with uh, specific information that is relevant to them. We don't want to be sending them... Um, campaigns for wound care products when all they do is cosmetics right okay that makes sense yeah the um the marketing uh, so brit you you're mentioning marketing locally you're talking about catapalooza you're doing radio you do craigslist what are you doing is craigslist that popular so um when we have a new study craigslist um actually works really really well for us i believe mm. um shauna can attest to that uh, we do um, constant contact, which is our emailing list. So if you're on our list, every time, well, most every time we have a new study, we send out a blast email letting everyone know, you know, when it's testing, what it's testing, how much it's paying, and then we'll put it on Craigslist. And yeah. a lot of people um, come in because they see it on Craigslist. They're right. perusing all the pages and um, they see that it does, it's no cost to them except no. for their time and yeah. they're being compensated for their time. Yes. So, um, very well, I would say. Yeah. I would say as well, yeah. yes. It's, exactly. It's, it's a nice little gig. So, absolutely. 
the um, when you talk about uh, uh, people coming in, so let's say, what is the smallest amount of people that you have needed for a for a testing uh, for for a study? Yeah, for a study. Um, Ten, uh, two. Uh, yeah, as little as three, actually. The is that right? yeah, we have a study that we're testing. I, I think it's testing on Tuesday, um, and it's just. Uh, basically like a, an intro study to see if they want to go further with adding more subjects to that subject pool. But we're going to have one subject with the test product, one yeah. subject with a slightly different configuration uh, of the test product, and then the vehicle control, which is um, the one with no active ingredient in it. Okay. Uh, and that gives us a kind of a base to work from, gives the sponsor an idea of, okay, do we want to go forward with a 30, 60 person hand wash uh, with this information that we have now. Yeah. Um, but we need kind of that jumping off point so that they know, okay, do we need to do a study with all of the subjects using every configuration? Can we do a study where 10 subjects use this configuration, 10 subjects use a different one? And so they work all of that out with the principal investigator um, and kind of talk through their options and figure that all out. I'm just on the uh, kind of receiving end of all of that information. I help get the right numbers signed up and make sure that uh, help make sure that all of the T's are crossed and I's are dotted. <laughs> right, right, right. So you you find out. So Britt, do you receive a lot of people then who contact the marketing departments that we want to participate? So you are pretty much the first filter for many people. Um, yes and no. It kind of depends. Um, we do get a lot of phone calls um, with people wanting more information to even see if they're interested to drive to our facility or um, if they're coming in through the website, yes, I am the first point of contact and I can kind of either, if I know the answer and can help them, um, I'll do that. If I can't answer it, I usually send it down to the subject recruitment department and they can give them a little bit uh, more information for it. From the text line, it says, I have been a participant for nearly 20 years, off and on, and have always been impressed with the ultimate professionalism and, and been amazed by the detail with which everyone does their job, from recruitment to testing procedures and all staff along the way. So, so glad we have you in Bozeman, and we wish you several more decades of success. Thank you Thank very you much. Thank you very much. That's very nice. So for those of you who have never heard of Bioscience Laboratories or have seen the building but didn't know what was going on, uh, this could be something fun. Actually, I have a feeling that if people have participated so long, you probably, it becomes family, doesn't it? I mean, oh, it's, uh, it does. you oh, get yeah. to know everybody and uh, it's kind of neat. seems and to be I, neat. I, you asked a question earlier about um, the MSU, the student participation yes. and yes. the community participation. And... Um, Several years ago, it was around 25% of our subjects came from MSU. And I just recently looked at this information, and it's 33% so, comes from MSU now. And yeah. the other 60 or 50%, whatever the difference between that and 100 <laughs> is, is comes from the community of yeah. Bozeman. And so we want to make sure that we let Bozeman know that we really appreciate your supporting us by participating in these studies because without the participants then we couldn't get the contracts from these large pharmaceuticals in order to provide this information and the information that we give for these products yes to make sure that they're safe and to make sure that they're effective helps 
the medical community, mm-hmm. the food industry community, community sure. um, all of the companies that make the products that we test um, make better products. Uh-huh. And, and that's one of the things that we're proud of that we do. Right. We test those to make sure that they really do the job that they're designed to do. Uh, you mentioned Eat Bozeman, but I think that since the, the, the radio show also goes to Livingston and Park County, I don't know, do you have quite a few people from Livingston coming across the hill? Oh, yeah. Yes. We, we've, we have participants in Livingston. Um, we actually have a couple of participants that drive over from Three Forks or Manhattan or even over the pass from Butte. Yes. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so we have... Quite the subject pool to, to work with, and we appreciate all of our participants. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I, wonderful. I, I, don't, I didn't mean just Bozeman. I mean no, our, no, no, our, no, our, sure. our greater community, in which includes Livingston, Big Timber, Wilsall, um, all of the com- communities that people come to Bozeman to shop. Mm-hmm. Is it so that uh, also with your marketing, Britt, and, and Dr. Paulson, that there are companies that would like to have your services, but you have to say we just don't have enough participants at this point to help with the study, or has that never been the case? We really, no, we, would, we wouldn't turn it down. Uh, if it's something out of the ordinary, we're definitely up for the challenge. Um, like everyone has said, we have an awesome participant pool that um, we could get whatever it is they're asking done. Um, it's it's in our capabilities for sure. And how long does a company have to wait when they say we really want to test this product? How long usually be time between the time they contact you and you can start the study? How long about? Uh, that uh, that all depends on um, how complicated the study is, okay. um, how much lab space we have, what we've got going on at the time. Oh um, yeah, of course. Yeah, because they, we've got to get the product to us to test. Yeah. They have to make sure the protocol is what they want, and they have to sign it, and then they have to put a down payment in the mail to us. Right. Now, I was amazed when you walked me through uh, Bioscience Laboratories. Uh, and by the way, folks, want to let you know, telephone number over there is 587-5735, 587 is the website. If you are listening and you have a moment, biosciencelabs.com, just look at the website and get familiar with how some of these procedures work and so that you can contact them and say, okay, I'm aware, I, I, I've read it, I understand it. Uh, it, it makes all the difference. But this is, for many of you, a great way to meet a new group of <laughs> almost friends because yeah. you have so many people and uh, like the text just says, everybody is very friendly, very professional. Uh, but at the same time, it, it's not dangerous, and you make a little extra money, and you do something for the greater good. Absolutely. Uh, I was just going to point out, I was working in the lab just yesterday, yeah. and the reaction between um, our participants and our lab techs is awesome. They're always, the people who've been there forever, they're joking around with the lab techs. It's hmm. You really can meet some new people and become like family. They're participating, like Shauna said, for 20 years and you really get to know the people that you're participating with and Mm -hmm. even the participants themselves have met friends and they're joking around back and forth in the lab as they're doing a hand wash so it's really cool to see but it was really fun when i walked through the lab uh, you had certain rooms that were at a certain temperature because people need to sweat a little bit right right because you're testing something so you walk in it's really comfortable warm but it could get pretty warm and you stay in there for a while 
And then you had these uh, Petri dishes that had uh, samples and that had product in of whatever you had to test, and there was only so many. And literally everything is accounted for. You know exactly what is where, and I see all these clipboards hanging with notes on it that it was tested and it was uh, checked and temperature, blah, blah, blah. It's unbelievable how much detail is involved in at bioscience laboratories. Yeah. When Amy comes on, she can explain all of that because we have to be able to be able to tell the FDA how we did the study and we have to have the dates and records of everything. Yes. I mean, if you think when you go in a public bathroom, you see the sheet hanging, we, who cleaned when, <laughs> that's yeah. nothing compared to when you go to bioscience labs when everything is written down so you really need to recruit you need to find people on your staff who are just super meticulous i mean you have to enjoy the meticulousness of of the job absolutely i mean you have to we document everything um but it's also for the integrity of the studies because we need to make sure that the uh, information that we put out and the data that we put out is reproducible, that they could take it to another lab and have them do it the same way and come up with those same numbers. Hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. So uh, uh, anything else marketing-wise, uh, Britt, that is really exciting for you to, uh, to do? Is there something new on the horizon for you that you're thinking about? Um, you know, the best part is actually Dr. Paulson's uh, – Articles. He's been in the industry for a long time, so he yeah. does a lot of writing for us. And if you guys are interested in literally anything that we do, I'm sure Daryl's either got a book or a paper on it. And um, publishing that is is awesome just because it, it comes from him. It comes from our company in small town Montana, yeah. you know, and it's it's published worldwide. Wow. Um, so that's it's really cool to be a part of that. Where uh, people can read the articles on the website? Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Ah, good. Brett, where do they get them on those ar the articles? Um, if you go to our website and then you hit news, um, news okay. it's kind of like our blog. We've also got a, a bunch of information um, on different laboratories. From um, We have a, our virologist. Um, she's a PhD in what she does, and she's wrote some articles for us. Um, if you're interested in our other labs, um, Danny has wrote uh, articles on biofilms, which is an up-and-coming sure. um, issue. And so she, we've got a lot of interesting articles on our website if you're interested in more than just our clinical and participation. Yeah. Well, I guess it's ongoing study, isn't it? And you probably learned from some of the studies. You get new inspiration to write articles and say, my God, I oh, wasn't aware of this. <laughs> oh, yes. And all, all the companies are innovative. They're always trying to find a product that works better. Yes. Does it, um, you're talking about there's another lab in, uh, in the, this country. Are there a lot of bioscience type labs in the Western Hemisphere? Well, that depends. I mean, you work with Australia, you, you go to Europe, you, you deal with all kinds of people. Well, we, we really know how to do these studies. Yes. And we've really got the quality assurance to back that up. And we'll yeah. be having Amy on pretty soon, and she will tell you exactly what we have to do. All right. And we'll do that in the next hour. That will already be the last hour. I can't believe it, folks. Uh, Gesundheit with Jacobus. One more goes, hour to go. It goes fast. It does <laughs> go fast, yes. We're going to take a break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We've had uh, Shauna Durney uh, the last hour, a supervisor of subject recruitments, and Britt Kaparud, 
marketing manager. Uh, this hour, we are introducing you. Uh, the name Amy, Amy, Amy has been up several times. Uh, Dr. Paul said, Amy will come on and talk. <laughs> yeah, Amy knows all. Amy. So anyway, so Amy is in the house, and we also have Chelsea Allison. But uh, Dr. Paulson, go ahead, please, and introduce uh, these amazing two people. Okay. I remember I've talked so much about quality assurance, <laughs> yes. and we've got a, a great quality assurance director, Amy. And then we have a great laboratory manager. She runs the, the in vitro in the clinical as well as subject recruitment, I Chelsea. See. Oh, wow. They're very good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so who wants to start first? Uh, Amy, or you want to start? I, uh, I, I have to tell you, Amy, that I uh, sorry, I totally enjoyed uh, coming upstairs when Dr. Paulson took me upstairs to your office. And uh, that was not just a little office. I mean, you actually owned a whole floor up there. <laughs> and uh, so it was, it was fun. And, and you had so much interesting stuff to say. Because when you do something like this, it's not just doing the job. It is what all go. You, you actually help create a framework within within the lab where how everything needs to work, and then not only how it needs to work, then you go back through all the steps, make sure that indeed everything was done. So let uh, please explain to us what your work entails. Um, well, thank you for having us here today, by hey, the way. Bet. I really appreciate being able to talk about quality assurance. Yes. Everybody knows I'm very detail-oriented, so yes. this is the perfect field for me, and I've been at bioscience for 18 and a half years. Wow, amazing. So our job in quality assurance, um, and the great people who work in the department, Danny and Renee, make sure that we do what we say we do, and we document appropriately. Uh-huh. So we're governed by the... Uh, Food and Drug Administration, as well as the Environmental Protection Agency, and a group called the International Council on Harmonization, where other countries, because we do work for other countries aside from the United States, have an acceptable um, data package. We want to accept their data. They want to accept ours. And so we follow those guidelines that we document what we did in real time, Yes. And that there's traceability from start to finish on following our protocols and our standard operating procedures. I see. So our standard operating procedures are kind of like the restaurant industry or construction where you want the same pizza every time you order it. So every time we do a time kill, every time we do a pre-op, we need to be able to get those results in 10 years by our documentation on our raw data. Wow. So regardless of who's doing the testing, our technicians, they're all doing it exactly the same mm -hmm. and that they're getting the same results. So consequently, we talked about training before. Yeah. One of the requirements for our staff is that they have the education, training, and experience to do their job. Mm -hmm. So we go through a rigorous training program for all of our hires so that everybody is pipetting the same way. Okay. Everybody is reading results the same way. There's no creativity. You know, science is exact. Right, right, right. And um, so that's a big thing for the FDA. They want to know the scientific integrity of the data. Right. You know, there's unfortunately fraud in industry, in the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. And so we've been audited by the FDA since I've been here four times. We've been audited by the EPA three. Okay. And we also have sponsor audits. Sponsor so sponsors come to 
um, either do a GLP or GCP audit to make sure that we have all of the framework that's required by the EPA or the FDA, yeah. or they come to audit a study. Mm-hmm. So in 2013, we had 45 sponsors come to so. review our work. Um, last year, we had 55. This wow. year, we've had nine so far. Yeah. Um, and we just had an auditor here on Wednesday just to make sure that, you know, we can still do work for their company. Yes. So he reviewed SOPs. He reviewed training files. He reviewed two, three studies that we have done in the past year for them. Yeah. And making sure that the data is reflected in the final report, which is something that QA does. Yes. So we can look at a 100-person study or we can look at a 1,200-bug study that we just reviewed in the in vitro lab. That was eight months of testing. Mm. You know, the packets, we started reviewing their data in December, mm-hmm. and we just sent out a final report yes. um, earlier this month. So, so that is really interesting. I... I uh, uh, I probably wouldn't last. <laughs> I'll just be honest. I I can follow orders really well, but there comes this point of me that I just want to be a little creative. <laughs> <laughs> I just know myself. <laughs> and uh, so that is so uh, that it takes a special person who always will cross the T's and dot the I's and right. do exactly what needs to be done. So when you have sponsors coming by, um, they... Have they given you an idea how a protocol works or you they show up and you say, this is how we do this testing? And well, do they sometimes say, well, that's not really, or do they say, wow, that's exactly what we wanted? I mean, obviously it is, but... Uh, well, the procedure of bioscience is usually they'll contact a salesperson yes. who will try to discern what their goal is for testing. Yes. What are they trying to accomplish? Uh And either we do do that testing or we don't, Mm -hmm. or we're willing to try to learn to do that testing, you know, if they'd like us to do some R&D. Yes. Then once that proposal is signed, it will go to one of the laboratories in Chelsea or Vola in the virology lab or Danny in biofilm will assign a study director or a principal investigator who will then work with the client and Daryl for the scientific validity of the protocol. Yes. Then it, when it's firmed up, it'll go back to the sponsor for their signature. Yes. And their signature, and then the study director PI, will constitute a study. If it's with human subjects, then it has to go to the institutional review board. Okay. Make sure subject safety is handled. You know, the physicians have already looked at allergies, medications. Mm-hmm. They're comfortable with the subjects who will be testing, that it's safe for them, yes. because that is our primary goal. Mm-hmm. And then we will start either recruiting or order supplies and schedule testing for the product. Okay. So then, for you, it takes about how long before all this is set up? Um, it can take anywhere from a week to a couple months. Is that right? You know, if a sponsor is still working on their product okay. or they think it's ready to test and then it's not, mm-hmm. you know, we've waited years yeah. for a sponsor to be ready to test. Yes. So once that uh, study is scheduled in the lab, that's when QA works. Yes. You know, sometimes we'll review a protocol for regulations, but most of the time it's the first day of testing. Yes. So Renee and Danny... Um, will do an in-phase audit against the protocol. 
they'll do some pre-work to make sure um, they understand the protocol, decide the critical phase with the study director or PI right. on what they'll need to audit and what to look for. They are looking at the product is exactly what we're supposed to be testing. Yes. They'll look to see that whoever's assigned a task has a training record to perform that task. Okay. They'll look to see that the supplies are not expired mm -hmm. and that they have the right supplies in the lab. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll watch an employee technician perform their assigned task in the lab. Well, one thing that I recall now when I walked through the lab was uh, you would show me, Daryl, how much you would have received from a company. Mm -hmm. And every time you use a certain amount, it's it's registered how much was taken out of this sample. So sometimes you have an X amount percentage of sample left. It could be, I've seen very small samples. I mean, literally just in a jar. Yeah. And that would have to last for a certain amount of time. You take it out, it has to be registered exactly like we took an ounce out or we took an ounce and a half mm -hmm. out or something, right? I mean, maybe not to that <coughs> detail, but that, it yeah. has to be to registered. That, yeah, to that to detail. That detail. So yeah, to that detail. It's got to be controlled, yes. has so, to be controlled. Very interesting. So we have several uh, product handlers who take receipt of product when it comes mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. and they ch uh, check it against the protocol. Did we get what the sponsor told us we would get? Yes. What is the active ingredient? What oh, is the wow. lot number? If we don't have that, an amendment has to be written. The, the EPA came and said, how do you know what you're testing if you don't know what your product is? How oh. do you know how to design a study if you don't know what the active ingredient of your product okay. is? So, so that's... Uh, pre-work before QA gets involved. But when the when the EPA mentioned that to you or questioned you about that, was there any product that you didn't know the answers to? There was a product that we didn't have the lot number because the sponsor didn't know what they were going to send us. Oh. So we knew the name yeah. and we knew the active ingredient. And you we, knew what it was going to be tested for. Right, but we didn't have the lot. Okay. So their suggestion at the time was that we amend the protocol once we have that information and we added that to our standard operating procedure and you know it wasn't a finding it was their recommendation mm -hmm. um, and so we certainly added that to our process mm. you listen to amy junkie right yeah Junkie. Yeah. you also yeah. say like me jacobus okay yeah junkie <laughs> uh, she is the director of quality assurance at bioscience laboratories very very interesting i I really enjoyed my tour, which is about five weeks ago or so, four or five weeks ago I was Right. There. And then uh, you took me upstairs to Amy's office, and I just uh, I could spend uh, much more time with you because I was so intrigued by how much detail is involved in this and how precise it is and, and, and your passion for doing it right and making sure that everybody is literally following your orders. And, and you go out there sometimes and you look over their shoulders, right? You... Uh, <laughs> Not my orders, but yes. Um, I want to be able to sit across from the FDA or a sponsor and have 100% confidence in what we do. Yes. And I do. Yes. You know, and that's because we're a team. Everybody pitches in and yes. understands that the data has to reflect what we did. Uh-huh. You know, and if it, there can't be any question about that. Correct. So everybody's on board with that. Yeah. And uh, we review our policies all the time. You know, take recommendations from sponsors. You know, they it's another set of eyes. Yeah. It's somebody who has visited other laboratories. So yeah. they can say, so-and-so does it this way. 
you know, we, we certainly have the uh, opportunity to say no at their suggestions. Sure. Room for improvement, but we always appreciate them coming and seeing the great work that we do. The um, Obviously, since the invention of the computers, uh, it has made life easier in certain ways, but you cannot mess with time and you cannot mess with life uh, recruits, right? Right. So how have computer systems worked for you? Because in your office, I still saw stacks of paperwork. That uh, <laughs> So there's still a lot of data put on paper in order to... Uh, for you to 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 read through and to find, or is have computers really made it a lot easier for you? We are a paper-based company at the moment. Yeah, but we have started implementing um, computers. So right now, the subject recruitment department was our beta test on trying to be computerized and doing away with paper. So we tested. The computer system as well as the paper-based as uh -huh. a backup uh -huh. the fda has strict regulations mm -hmm. on computerized systems it's called part 11 okay it has to be an exact true copy of the paper okay there has to be traceability on who logged in on a password protected computer so traceability of who entered the data who changed the data and why they changed it my goodness so we are baby steps, and yes. Marsha blames it on me because I'm old school. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, Jeremy and Carl um, are doing great inroads and in getting us to be computerized. Wow. So. And they've assured me. I hope you're listening, Carl and Jeremy. <laughs> they've assured me that they're going to be um, computerized before the end of 2018. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. I'm not a betting person. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, the, see, the biggest hurdle is that it has to be an exact copy. Yes. How do you make sure that that is? Um, so, like I said, they're making great strides, and um, I, it would be wonderful if it was by the end of the year. But right now, we are paper-based. So when an auditor comes, that is considered our raw data. I hope, uh, folks, as you're listening to these folks uh, of Bioscience Laboratories, you realize that this is uh, top-notch professionalism. And if you have uh, never participated in a study and want to help out and test products, get paid for it, uh, by all means, call them at 587-5735, 587-5735, or just walk into the office and uh, between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m., Monday through Friday, and probably the first person you'll meet is uh, Sean Ardurney, who is the supervisor of subject recruitments. Or you may run into Britt Caparut, the marketing manager, because uh, they're right there on the front. And they can, take, uh, they can take all your information and share information with you and show you how the steps work. If you have any questions this morning about uh, things that are being done at Bioscience Labs, give us a call in the studio at 522-8255, 522-TALK. If you like to text me, you can do so as well at 266-7617-406-266-7617. I, I just, I, this is fascinating. I mean, this shows me indeed how in-depth and how brains have really thought about this and how it has to work. I mean, this is your brain child, Daryl. But to see somebody like Amy who comes in and is so top-notch detail-oriented, it must have been so much fun for you to start working with her. Well, yeah, but when I first started the company, I did it all. So I know, that's yeah, what I'm it saying. Was, it, it's 
now it's a real professional company and I don't even really know what's going on really <laughs> but I mean they're really good and Amy especially because that was the flaw of bioscience we didn't have a good quality assurance person uh-huh. and she learned it mm-hmm. and she really has and we send her uh, to a course I don't know what course it is Amy but I mean uh-huh. I mean the yearly meetings isn't it the society of quality assurance yeah so i've been fortunate enough to go to their conferences and and training sessions for the past 13 years so um and became a registered quality assurance professional Uh. in glp through them so there's great networking on other companies they're part of i'm a part of a listserv with them so they ask questions and I can say, yes, we're doing it right, you know, or get suggestions from them. Yes. If I'm struggling with something, yes. it's been a great opportunity. Yes. Is it, uh, by the way, in so many companies, tech companies and companies where computers and instrumentation comes in, uh, do you find out some of your equipment is getting dated and you need to upgrade on a regular basis or is it not so bad? So if I can answer... Yeah. Um, Carl and Jeremy, who we mentioned before, the quality yeah. control department, yeah. and are responsible for making sure that our equipment is calibrated and verified. Okay. So that's part of audits that are done yes. to make sure that we have a schedule, we have a preventive maintenance program, and that they do what they're supposed to do. Yes. Because otherwise your data uh, can't be relied upon. Yes. So part of Daryl and Marsh's responsibility is called test facility management for the EPA and the FDA, is to make sure that our employees have the training and the resources to do their job. Yes. And that resources is the equipment and the supplies. Mm -hmm. So if something is starting to fail or um, can't be repaired, it's their responsibility to make sure that we have current um, equipment to do Mm -hmm. our jobs. Mm -hmm. And so they've been very... um, up front and on top of that yes you know so carl who's the manager of quality control reports to daryl so any issues that he has or a piece of equipment that we need to upgrade yes you know approaches them and gene mcdonald is our corporate accountant yes. so to make sure with marcia that we can um, be ready for any type of study with the equipment that we have right Give me an example of a of a piece of equipment that that has been updated. Let's say in the last five years. Uh, we just did a new microscope. A microscope. Okay. That was in the la- this this year. Yes. Um, so the is capa- it a different microscope? Is it a dark field microscope or what is it? Um, I'm not a scientist, so <laughs> somebody else would need to. What kind? Do you know, it was in uh, Volvo's lab. Um, just the capabilities that it had yeah, okay. and the depth. Okay. Um, wow. So it was just something that what we had in place wasn't current okay. and saw the need for the types of studies that we had in order to yeah. um, do better raw data. Huh. It wow. just it has better mag- magnification. Yes. Mm. And, um, some of the so. older some of the older microscopes don't have the lenses that the new microscopes have, mm, and, and so you can. Um, it's, it's easier for the lab to use the newer ones yeah, yeah, than yeah. the older ones. So that's we had to upgrade. Right. <laughs> that was, and, and there's other there's other examples. I mean, our, we have a walk-in incubator that 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 is temperamental, 
and that has to oh, be no. <laughs> that has to be um, uh, checked more often than than a standalone incubator okay. or a refrigerator. We we have a lot of equipment, and it's some of it's kind of temperamental. But um, like Amy said, Carl and Jeremy keep track of that, and Kevin and Kevin Kevin yeah. does some of the um, work on that too. Um, we were trying to name, you know. Not everybody, because we have a lot of employees. Sure, sure, sure. But <laughs> these are key people that that keep us running. I I really was honored that you took me on a tour, Daryl, and I have to say that I was just totally blown away by how much was going on over there. And we came of you showed me it was kind of later in the afternoon. So it was not one of those things where you really saw the hustling and bustling going on of people in the lab. But I almost feel like if people want to get a better understanding about the scope of what you are doing, all of you, uh, it would be great if you had like a public tour that people say, oh my God, I had no idea. But it is really impressive. It's really impressive for how this is all set up and designed and the thought that went into it and with the addition of uh, your staff that and the researchers and scientists to come up with this the whole setup it is just it really is very impressive i mean it, it doesn't do justice to hear it on a radio show unless you walk around and actually see what's going on so i i really appreciate it we're coming up to a short break so when we come back folks uh, we have so much more to talk about so stay tuned for that we will be right back Chelsea Allison, manager of clinical and in vitro labs, and she is also in the participant and recruitment. So, Chelsea, welcome to you. Good morning. Thank you. I have to turn my chair all the way around yes. because this is. Uh, we actually have five, six people in the studio right now. It gets a little sweaty. No, it's not. It's actually <laughs> not yet. If, the, if we need more cold air, I'll move this box out of the way. <laughs> we are a high-tech studio, so if. If we move the box, the air from downstairs is coming up. All right. So good morning to you. Good morning. What do you do? Well, you actually do a lot. (laughs) We only give you 20 minutes here to talk about it. Oh, that's okay. That's plenty. Um, I kind of oversee the beginning to the end for the in vitro and clinical laboratories. Subject recruitment is kind of tucked in there with the clinical um, studies. They work side by side. And so at the beginning of studies or when studies are being formulated with the sales group, I work with them in determining um, when we're writing the proposal, how long a timeline might take, for example. Sponsors are always wanting to know how quickly can you get my studies in? How oh, long okay. is it going to take? Uh-huh. And we have historical data that we rely upon for certain kinds of studies to plan out based on our experience, how long a study might take right. um, to, to recruit and or run. Yeah. And then from that point, keeping it on track. I'm kind of the project manager of all of the studies that we do. So assigning it to the study director, making sure that they're in contact with the sponsor, making sure that we're scheduling it appropriately and we have enough trained staff to do all the um, testing, making sure it gets to QA on time and we have enough staff to uh, review all the paperwork Mm -hmm. and then making sure it gets out to the sponsor in time as well. So it's kind of from beginning to end scheduling and project management so a lot of things run through you yes but you do the in vitro not all seven different labs so you work with uh two different labs the in vitro lab actually encompasses um the disinfectant lab as well okay and then the clinical lab is the clinical lab the skin lab um and the cosmetic testing lab wow so it's 
really anything that's bench top that doesn't involve vi viruses. Yes. Um, as well as anything that's in vivo with subjects. Huh. And then what? I mean, so you you said you literally well, do you create like a um, like an outline, like a framework for each and every test that has to be done, mm -hmm. and how long it needs to take, mm -hmm. and and when people need to show up, mm -hmm. and uh, you talk to the recruits, etc., mm -hmm. etc. And then manage all the employees. Yeah. I so see. I think right now we have about oh somewhere between forty and fifty studies in different phases, whether that's protocol development or proposal development or actually in testing or during the final stage. I, I would say about 50 studies that I'm... 50 studies? Probably have my hands on right now. At yeah. one time? Right. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> my days fly by, yeah. 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 50 studies at once. That's yeah. a lot of studies. Yeah. And we, wow. we, we can be busier. Yeah. And, and what what Chelsea does is she manages the staff that there's actually for each of those studies there's a study director or a principal investigator and so the principal investigator the study director is in charge of that study but what Chelsea's doing is making sure that they have the staff that they need okay. to perform that work mm -hmm. so the scheduling and the making sure that the employees are there and trained and right. trained and right, right. that's part of what Chelsea does okay so you're not really dealing with the temperatures in the room and all that mm. stuff. You don't Not really unless there's a problem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> run! <laughs> hey, run! Chelsea deals mainly with people. Okay. That's the worst <laughs> she can deal with. But Chelsea is very good. Unlike me, I get very frustrated and I pick on somebody and then it's terrible because I feel so bad with Chelsea. When she had her operation just three weeks ago that was not a good time <laughs> you mean you had to get involved in what yeah you were doing? i got involved and it was probably not good i'm a good buffer i'm you a good, are a good, good middleman yeah oh that's good she's yeah. very good <laughs> so what happens uh, with the information that is obtained from testing yes so um we get a lot of information, even from a small study. That can be anything from uh, data gathered, statistics. Um, it could be photographs. We do do studies that measure uh, wrinkles. We have wrinkle-reducing studies, redness-reducing studies. We did a yeah. toothpaste-whitening study, so it could be photographs. It could be readings from machines, and all of that data, more often than not, goes to Daryl in some shape or form for him to make statistical uh, conclusions based on that, and then that information goes back out to the sponsor. Now, if they are then submitting it to the FDA or the EPA, sometimes that has to go in a certain format back to them. Yeah, It's a really long process. Huh. We finished a study about a year ago that is still in the process of being submitted to the FDA. Uh -huh. um, sometimes for a lot of our cosmetic studies, they're looking to make a label claim. You know, this lotion does reduce redness or um, this toothpaste does whiten your teeth. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, it, it sometimes you know companies are looking to say, you know, this product kills ninety nine point nine percent of bacteria, or it mm -hmm. kills the norovirus, or whatever it might be. Yeah. There's a lot of label claims that people are specifically trying to make as well. Right. The um, what is the what is the scariest stuff you've ever worked with? You had to work with that you were asked to test for. Did you even go like, whoa? I know we follow protocols, <laughs> but what is something that is that you remember? Well, I remember back in the day, 
evaluating an iodine product, and this was a machine that produced it. Yeah. And over the course of the day, everything turned kind of yellow. Huh. Yeah, we had to repaint the lab <laughs> after that study because everything is the 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 iodine when it sure. just yeah, like permeated yeah, the room. Yeah. Wow. So it, we had to clean it. But and it was then, a powder or was it a liquid that was liquid, evaporating? Liquid, it was a liquid. liquid. It was evaporating. But was it like a Lugol's iodine or what was it? A, what kind of iodine I, was I it? I don't know. But okay. anyway, at, in those days, I didn't have anything like I have now. And, you know, if, if, if it had happened now, it would be in big time trouble because Amy would probably close us down <laughs> because, you know, iodine, you know, is not good for people that, that, you know, are allergic to it. Sure. So, but that's one of the ways I started. Huh. And you, most of our products are pretty, pretty safe. It's usually the organisms that we're testing that might be a little bit more risky. And most of ours are... Um, not horrible <laughs> to be working with. Um, we do have some <laughs> clinical studies that we work with virology. We've done some hepatitis yeah. A studies okay. um, where we exposed our subjects to Hep A, and um, this product was showing that it did kill that. Wow. wow. So there's the safety features, protective mm -hmm. outerwear. Mm -hmm. You know, not only the subjects wearing it, but any of the technicians, you bet. QA, going yeah. in to do an in-phase audit. So we have two principal scientists who will do some um, background information if it's something mm -hmm. that we're not quite sure mm -hmm. about what we're testing for an, or a microorganism, or we require a sponsor to give us a sample submission form that tells us in a material safety data sheet mm -hmm. or a safety data sheet and the components of their product okay. so that we can prepare you bet. for our facility yeah. um, and safety, like I had mentioned earlier, paramount mm -hmm. for any testing that we do. Yeah, because some I saw some separate parts in a room behind glass where mm -hmm. people would work right. to keep it all contained right. in case yeah. anything would happen, I guess. Right. So we do have one of our laboratories does uh -huh. have a mm -hmm. room that you go into to put on protective um, Gear. clothing mm -hmm. and then to then go into a laboratory i see it has so, a special hvac system and uh -huh. a, a hood that ventilates yeah. appropriately for those hmm. bio levels now um what are somebody oh. a question that, that comes up over here that says um, what does one need for education and experience to get a job at bioscience laboratories well as because a, you are not into uh, had a personnel, but you are dealing with people a lot. Right, yeah. right. So we've recently kind of done some restructuring within the laboratory, and, and the clinical and in vitro lab has kind of become the clin vitro lab, is what we're clin calling vitro. it. <laughs> it's, it's essentially one lab at this time. Um, and so obviously working with people, we need people who have good customer service skills. It's really important that our participants feel welcomed and comfortable and you have to be able to talk with people. You need patience. Trying to you know walk somebody through a five-hour study yes. can be um, challenging. Yes. Um, but in addition to that, if in working in the lab, we do ask that people have a science background. Ideally, they would have a microbiology degree. Okay. We do have some technicians um, that don't have that particular degree, yeah. so that's not an absolute must, but it certainly does help 
coming in with some kind of experience of, of aseptic technique and how to work pipettes and just the basic laboratory skills that you would learn in college. We are actually hiring right now for okay. for uh, two lab technicians as well as a subject recruitment coordinator. So ah. if anybody's listening and is interested or knows somebody that might qualify, um, you can submit your resume on our website. Um, we are looking to set up interviews within the next week or two. So, so when you do the subject sub uh, the subject recruitment, mm-hmm. um, and people have come on a regular basis, they still have to go through all the steps. We still have to yep. be retested and rechecked by the medical doctors, uh, Benda and McLaughlin. Yes, they still doesn't matter, right? Doesn't matter, and that can be challenging for some of our participants who could probably recite the majority of the informed consent by heart yes. <laughs> to have to go through the process again and again. And um, it, it just speeds up the process. Uh, consenting time might take five minutes with them, whereas a new person would take 20 minutes. Yeah. But that particular paperwork is tied to that study. So we can't reference on that study, hey, this person's been here a million times and we know we have to show all the documentation Yes. Um, uh, that would link back to that person. You're listening to Chelsea Allison currently, a manager of clinical and in vitro labs and also participant recruitment from bioscience laboratories. If you would like to participate yourself in a study, if you've been intrigued by what you hear today on the show, uh, call them, 587-5735, 587-5735. Or what you can do is just go into the office Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., and where you come in, that is right away the receiving area, and you can just uh, sit down and or look at the board about all the different tests that are available for you to participate in. And as they mentioned, even though we talk about the lab and, and how everything has to be done just right, uh, pretty much the testing that you do, uh, that you participate in, they're non-dangerous. They really are very safe tests, but you still need to put your time and effort in and you go through the questions, et cetera, et cetera. So, but you get paid for it. So we talked earlier, the, the longest study was, what was, one was 21 days. You were talking about a 21-day straight study, Marsha. Mm-hmm. And uh, people got paid 750 bucks for that. Right, for coming in for five minutes, so well, 21 times. But you have to come 21 <laughs> days you, in a row. Yeah. So you have to be available. You can't leave town. And yeah. there's a certain time when you, uh, when you do that. But other tests could be, a few weeks or a few days or it could be six months or something yeah. right the back patches that we um that we just started this last week are three days a week um and it'll uh go through the fourth of july but we we aren't testing on the fourth of july so yeah. that particular week they only have to come in on monday and friday and then they come back on the following monday huh. and then there's a two-week break and then they come back for four days straight, and that one pays 250 but they're literally in the lab for less than 10 minutes Yes. Um, on those Monday, Wednesday, Friday for three weeks, and then um, five minutes when they come back for those checkups mm-hmm. on those four days. And, yeah. and those, those are um, pretty easy tests. Those it's, are testing cosmetics. Co- yeah. Yeah, so they're really non, non-invasive, very quick, quick and easy. Right. So besides the participation or people from the community who like to uh, like to do this, there are because you have all these different labs, there are also things that do not require uh, human participation. Correct. You literally oh, are testing yes. other things. Oh, yes. And that oh, is sometimes when people think about bioscience laboratories, they may say, oh, yeah, I can, I can participate. But that's really, I don't yep. want to say a small part. It's really it what sets us apart from a lot of the labs in the country is that we offer the whole package. Yes. We do have some sponsors that... 
um, their product is ready to be, you know, to get some kind of data, safety data, you test not on humans first, and they might test on um, fake tissue, essentially. And we would get that safety data from our lab before we go first on humans. So they can do both the safety data as well as the in vivo studies at one facility. Yeah. When Chelsea uses the term in vivo, it's I-N-V-I-V-O. That means on humans. Mm-hmm. And in vitro, I-N-V-I-T-R-O, is in, the, in glass. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, I, I, I should state that what we do is we can, we can test a product that's finished, but many times we test products before they're even constructed. Like Chelsea was talking about a small study. And what they are is pilot studies, and they're, they're, they're used for companies that don't want to spend the money that required, is required for a large study. They just want to find which type of product works better for them. Yes. They might have you know, various degrees or various levels of their product in it, and they may want to know how to apply it. Yes. But we do all that. Hmm. It's it's hard for you know as everybody here is very bubbly. Uh, I I really enjoy everybody, but uh, when, I'm sure that between Monday and Friday you're all very super serious in a way because you can't make any mistakes in this. It has to be very scientific. I mean, I know you have your laughs, but uh, but in general you have to be extremely serious. You have to follow protocols. Everything has to be done just right. Everybody, yeah. so it is. takes a special person to do all that. We have a great team. Yeah. Yes, you, you do. Know, yeah. They understand. The FDA, the EPA, we also are uh, ISO accredited and a testing, 17025. So everybody understands what it takes mm-hmm. to um, get to the end zone. Yes. You know, the, the finished product is the final report for the sponsor. Yeah. It has to have certain things in it. The data has to be reliable. Um, so they all understand training. If they're not confident doing a test, they either mm-hmm. need you know, to be shadowed again or retrained. And um, again, the end goal is to do a scientifically valid study. And it is a great team. I would, if you ask anybody who worked there what the best part about their job is besides making the world a better place, (laughs) would be the people that we work with. I mean, we really have a good time. Hmm. And the barbecue on Friday. (laughs) 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 That's outside of the parking lot with all the uh, amazing uh, statues that uh, you built there also. Uh, That's, uh, by the way, another hobby of yours, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. He's a renaissance man, (laughs) is what I tell people. (laughs) I think I'm going to go out this afternoon and build something else. You already know what it is? No, not yet. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. But it will involve metal. Yes, it does. It's always metal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> There's only so much place to put it. I've seen uh, it looks very nice how much you got over there Thanks. in the parking area. Um, my God, I know we're coming closer to the to the end of the show. Is there anything that every, anybody wants to add to what has been said already i mean we can talk literally i'm not lying to you we can talk for hours because as we go back and forth i want to give everybody a chance to kind of explain what your department is and what it does um but if you have any questions or any comments that you'd like to add please do so well i i think for me i want to reiterate how much we appreciate the community mm-hmm. you know yes. as marcia said we don't have a job without them yes um, i mean if we wanted to continue our um 
subject testing. You know, we still have the other laboratories that don't require that, but we appreciate them. We try to be out in Bozeman. I was not born here. I moved here in 1996. Yeah. Um, but it's my home, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that they are willing to support us, mm-hmm. and we're willing to support them. Yes. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, you can't you have to have that relationship. That's pretty obvious. And if you have that many people coming in and out right. of the building, uh, how did you do that when you were down on South Wilson or, <laughs> or North Wilson? <laughs> I mean, you how many floors did you end up? You started in the in the breaker room. We had the, two floors. Two not, floors. Not, not the whole upstairs, but we had the whole bottom. And like three suites on yeah. the top stairs. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. very scattered. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't really a laboratory, it, and you know you come in and, and like a lot of people would come in in the winter, and it, they wouldn't see the sun. It'd be it'd be too dark, and then they leave and it'd be dark again. Yeah, and it was cold down there. In the summer, it'd be the other way. It'd be warm, really hot. Okay. Yeah, so that's we got our new place, and now we've got windows. How long have, has the building been there on South 19th? How long has it been there? We, we moved in on May 1st, 2012. Is that right? Yeah. So she is already. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, yeah, we've got, well, there's two buildings. There's one administration and the other one's the lab. Yes. Yeah. And that is why I was confused. I walked into the first building I saw. Right. And I'm walking around in my regular street clothes and somebody says, uh, I don't even know who I ran into, but said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah. I said, I'm looking for Daryl. And she said, oh, you're in the wrong building. <laughs> and, I went, and I went into your office that is loaded with books. My goodness, you, you like to read. You like yeah, to study. Yeah, but the trouble is I don't put them away. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really bad at filing. That's why I have such a wonderful group of people so they can file for me. Shout out to Tammy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah to Tammy. She always finds what I lose. Yeah. yeah. I, I have so much paperwork uh, from 18 years doing this radio show and all the research that I do for the show. And I finally decided to get a professional scanner and just scan everything in the computer. And I can, right now, I have it right here. I mean, I still got a long ways to go, but I got it right on my phone. I can look up anything, any article, any show that I've done. Uh, So that's maybe something to think about. Seriously, <laughs> I'll talk to you about it. There's okay. a lot of people who go trying to go paperless I because just, there's I so just, much clutter. He's gonna he's gonna need someone to come and help him because I'm not doing it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a big job. I uh, yeah. But that is that is something. It's really interesting. That's how I like how technology has changed. It's really uh, really a lot of fun. So uh, anyway, all of you, thank you so very much for thank for you. for spending time and explaining this to all of us. For those of you listening who have participated, of course, you know what you're already in for. But for many of you who have never heard this, uh, please give them a call, 587-5735, biosciencelabs.com is the website, biosciencelabs.com. Check out the website when you have a moment and just look around and see what is all available and what can be done. So all of you, thank you. Have a great weekend. Thanks for being here. I hope we can do this again and explain what else is going on. Thank you. Thanks a lot. All right, you bet. Folks, uh, we're going to be back next week with Amy Pereira. We hope you tune in again. Tom Eaglehoff is next. See you next week. Fake it till you make it. A step-by-step guide to better health on Gesundheit with Jacobus.